Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. Hey, doing baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. I'm John Arezzi, and I'm in New York right now, uh, but joining uh, me direct from San, San Antonio, Texas, back from Iowa. John, you were traveling again. You're a best-selling author. You are a two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. You're a baseball lifer. You always tell it like it is, and we got a lot to talk about today. Bringing on John Gibbons. John, back from Iowa. How you doing, John? Good, <laughs> Johnny. Don't ask me what I was doing in Iowa other than, you know, we, my wife and I have got no grandkids. We don't see any in the near future, so we, we ended up buying another dog. So now we got two labs. It's like, that's, that's, uh, that's our grandchildren for the moment. But what are you doing this in New York? Really- are you, yeah, this is Willie. Are you in New York trying to solve the Mets problems or what? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, trying. I had a couple of conferences that I scheduled. Buck didn't want to talk to me, uh, <laughs> you know, but Bartolo Colon was the main reason I was in Ooh. town. He threw out the first pitch yesterday. Ironically, I had my game use uh, Bartolo Colon jersey on. It was the anniversary of his home run, and he got the biggest ovation of the day because the Mets stunk up the joint. <laughs> Were they uh, were there scouts around with a radar gun clocking his his, his pitch to his first pitch home? They may try to sign you know, him. Maybe they ought to sign him. He's he's going to be fifty. This guy, but uh, he well, so aren't the other two, aren't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Scherzer Verlander. Yeah, exa- exactly right. Their ages equal what they're getting paid. I you know in the millions. Uh, but uh, but uh, Cologne didn't really. Uh, he didn't. He didn't hit a strike. Let's put it that way. It was a little bit of a wild pitch. And so, so any chances of him coming back, it, the pitching staff is not there. But uh, congratulations on on the new puppy. I saw some of the photos that your wife Christy put up on Instagram. What a beautiful dog! Wow. Oh yeah, it's it's a red lab. I didn't know they had red labs, but it was kind of the originals that came over. These are English labs, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. So and. So I can, uh, and they, they both like to sit there and watch a game with me, you know. So I flip the TV on, they sit there and they, except the men want to watch They're going to have their own Instagram. They're going to have their own Instagram page soon, right? Yeah, that's it. Wait, London Willie. That that's, could be something the fans could look forward to. That's good. That's what this world's come to, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Social media. They could be influencers. That's There's right. A whole new revenue stream there for you, for you guys. Um, but let's get to baseball. I mean, you're talking about the Jays. I mean, they, 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 it's like a roller coaster. And this was a, uh, a week of extremes. You go to Boston, you get blown out, you, you get swept. And then you go to Pittsburgh and all of a sudden everything turns around. Now you as a skipper, I know you're always kind of, let's not panic. You never showed any panic when you were when you were managing, but internally, when you look at being blown out, five losses in a row, and then they come back to win three. Tell us about. Did you ever really? Did you ever panic when you were doing it? And and is there cause for panic when a team loses five in a row? No, you know what? Uh, and, and I don't want people to dismiss this as a you know you don't care or anything. Like that, but n- no, you can't panic when you got it. When you got a good veteran team with some good young players, and, and you know your team's good. They've already you know what they they they've proven that. You know what? You you can't panic. You, you have to when you play games every day. You know you're going to go through that. You're going to run into a hot team, right? See, 
Boston was a hot team. You know, Toronto had won. You know, they've been on a nice little roll, and they go to Boston. I think if people were going well, they they won just about every game they played against Boston last year. Well, that was last year. Boston's yeah. the Boston's better, and they were hot, swinging the bats. Right? They were hot. Yeah, and then 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 I think last week where we talking about the hottest team in baseball is Pittsburgh. Now Pittsburgh yes. just went down to. Of course, it was American League East. They went down and got swept in Tampa. Now the Blue Jays come to town, they get swept, and they've lost like seven in a row. You know, yeah, it's hard. Pittsburgh it's, lost seven in a row. They're three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, it's hard to explain sometimes. Uh, it's just, but you can't, you can't panic. Yeah, you get frustrated. You look for reasons, or and you know, uh, now if the team's playing sloppy, they're they're kind of distracted or whatever. Yeah, all right. Now we we got to change some things. But if they're playing good, clean baseball. You know, sometimes you go out there and you run into a, a, a guy that pitches pretty well against you and, and holds down your offense, and you're facing a hot team with the bats. You, you're gonna, you know, there's a good chance you're gonna get beat because it's the big league. You know, so. Uh, but when you know your team's good, you got veterans that have been there and done that. They'll lead the way, and then uh, you got you get too much talent. You just gotta ride it out sometime, and, and uh, until the, when the summer comes, the good teams will rise to the top, and the average. And bad teams will they'll they'll disappear like they do every year. Yeah, but you know everyone just kind of speculates and panics and but the team really I mean they looked phenomenal. They looked phenomenal in Pittsburgh. They really did. The pitching staff came together and you know Bassett, who we're going to have on the show today, is going to be amazing to have Chris Bassett here with us. I mean he really came in and you're looking for a stopper. I mean he came in seven shutout innings. Can't wait to talk to him about that. But what a great performance. And then of course Kikuchi. It's like. It was like a whole total turnaround uh, from the uh, beginning of the week to the end of the week. And now they're now they're getting ready to go on the road. But uh, before we even get to that, I mean, when you're talking about the record and the momentum, that American League East, and we talk about it all the time, uh, right now they're on pace to be the best division in the history of baseball. Uh, as we tape this, the record of the American League East 110 wins, 65 losses. Last place team is the Yankees. They're over 500 as we tape this. It's an incredibly competitive team as we talk about, but that may have something to do with it too. I mean, it's just so ridiculously elite in comparison to some of the other leagues. You know, Johnny, it, you know, it always has been, you know, and as you go back as far as I can remember, it's always, uh, uh, you know, I guess I, the reason I say that is, the way that where the game's different now is, is you, you know, there was talk the last couple of years about teams tanking so they can get the better draft picks or they, you know, or, or what have you. In the, if my, unless my memory is bad, you know, it didn't seem like baseball was always that way. You know, everybody was trying, you know, uh, you know, but the, 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 the amount of money being thrown around wasn't like it is today either. So there's a lot of haves and have nots. There's not, there's not a lot of, uh, Middle class, let's say, right? There's not, it's, not, it, not it, yeah. So the, it, it, but I'm mean, even just in baseball, you know. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, your your top teams, you know, they they stand out pretty good, and it happens to be all your top teams are in, uh, especially your big money teams, the Yanks and the Red Sox. Historically, they're in that American League East, and in, uh, of course, Tampa has been uh, incredible what they've done, and the Blue Jays, they're in the elite class now, and the Baltimore's went on a rebuild, and they're in. Uh, right. See, Baltimore was doing what. I was just talking about, you know, teams like we're tanking, they get all these good picks. And yeah, but, you know, if you're going to do that, in the in sometimes the fan base has just got to ride it out until they get to the, those players. But you better not miss on those players. See, Tampa, 
years ago missed on a lot of those those uh, big big first round number one picks, right? Then they started hitting on them, and that's yeah. when everything came together. So you can't miss when you're bad. You, know, you get you get the high draft picks. You better you get, get the high good draft ones. picks. And now you know they're on pace right now. The last team that has been on this type of pace was the '84 Detroit Tigers, who won it all. So they're still their momentum is still there. Oh yeah, they're good. I mean, bottom line, every team in that division is good. So I guess it just yeah. sit back and watch. It should be a great summer of baseball. Exciting, watch that, watch that, that division just battle it out. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the Jays, uh, you know, they're going to be coming home. Uh, they got a you know a couple of games on the road this week in Philadelphia. Uh, then they play the Braves, uh, uh, and then the Yankees come in for four. Then the Orioles come in for three. Then they go on the road and they head to Tampa for four games. So it's going to be a really exciting couple of weeks for everybody watching the Blue Jays. It's going to be a real uh, – you think it would be a really good test for them at this point of the season facing all these division rivals? Yeah, hey, welcome to the big leagues, man. What would you rather have, a crappy team or a mediocre team? And uh, uh, no. Exactly. You want, you, want, you want to play the best? You want to beat the best? Because you want yeah. to be the best. Exactly right. And uh, a couple of things we want to touch on with the Jays. Uh, I know last week against the Red Sox, it was kind of surprising to see uh, Jordan Romano come in in a tie game. Uh, and uh, he gave up the game-winning home run in the ninth inning to Alex Verdugo, and they lose 6-5. to five. As a manager, John, uh, putting your closer in, the guy that is your closer, there's no denying that, in uh, in a tie game, what's your philosophy on that? And did you ever do that before when you were when you were a skipper? Well, I, you know, to be fair, I can say that it happens more now than it, it did in, in uh, I on the road. You know, at home, you always put that guy in there if he's available, right? Because he pitches that ninth inning, you come back and score in the bottom of the ninth, you you win. But on the road, very rarely, if ever, did I do that, um, and I don't think anybody really did. You know, but now that the the, the Thinking of baseball is kind of turned where you you throw your best reliever against certain parts of the lineup, and and I understand some of that, but you know I, I always thought, and the view was on the road. Okay, he he shuts down the, that inning uh, in a tie game. He's going to have to pitch another one. You know, if you come back and and win, and and my thinking was too. You know, I've, if my if my other relievers down there can't pitch a tough inning every now and then, we ain't, we ain't very good to begin with. You know, because of the top teams always have you know multiple uh, relievers that they're good in in in, i guess what sums it all up it's it's a different mindset for closers i don't know why i don't know it should it be probably not but they get they they know it they're so much better when when there's a save on the line right or or it's it's they're pitching the last inning you know like a tie game at home you know it it just doesn't because you'd see closers all the time Come in, haven't pitched in four or five days, and need to work. They usually get hit around. You have to take them out, you know, because it's just a, it's it's a mindset. So, you know, but the game, like I said, the philosophy has changed. You pitch this guy against, you know, uh, now if you get in the postseason and stuff like that, or down the stretch, oh yeah, you, if, if it means win the game, you got to win. But you also got to try to keep these guys fresh. But that's the game. The philosophy in the game's changed, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly does. It has changed, and uh, finally, uh, we want to. Just kind of uh, just talk about Vladdy. He's got the wrist injury. He's been out for a couple of games. They have a couple of off days this week. So uh, he's had that uh, issue uh, in the past and even turned down an invite to the Home Run Derby because of it. 
seems to be maybe a little bit uh, chronic for him, that wrist. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that to the po- that point yet. You know, I think they're just being smart. But he's got a violent swing, man. That's a, that's a lot of torque on them, on them, uh, you know, on them joints. And uh, you know, smart to give him a couple days off. You know, they might even with, with today's off day and an off day coming up Thursday, I think. You know, maybe they may sit him too, just to just to be on the safe side. But uh, yeah, he'll get it yeah. taped up. You know, they you know they uh, you know they get get MRIs now for. Hangnails, you know, that's, it's like, uh, no, no, I mean, no, but it's, it's such, it's the availability that you can go get one to tell you everything you need to know. So there's no more guessing, you know, uh, right. they'll, they'll, they'll do the right thing, but, uh, right. yeah, cause you can't afford to lose that guy. No, not at all. Not at all. He's uh, he's a spark plug, exciting player. You're listening to the Gibby show presented by Miller light and John, uh, I'm sure that you had some Miller lights and I think, that uh, you were talking about maybe there was a reason that the Jays came back after that four game skid in Boston on their flight to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, well, I know one thing Friday was sinking a mile down here. And uh, so I had a couple of Miller lights, just a couple. And then uh, yeah. I, I figured the, the uh, on their flight from Boston to Pittsburgh, maybe they were drinking some Miller lights, man, on that flight, man, it kind of got them in a good, Good frame of mind, nice, nice and relaxed, and because it, it always tastes like Miller time. That's what I would have done. So always, always, uh, I, I certainly had a few Miller lights. I was in New York, as you know, at the Met game yesterday, and oh. and oh, oh my goodness, oh oh, John, here you go. You know, got yeah, Scherzer coming back, and Max Scherzer, you know, forty approaching forty, Verlander the same thing. Max's ERA is uh, close to seven. In the last seven starts, dating back to last year, uh, it's a big problem. And Verlander hadn't pitched until last week. Gives up back-to-back home runs in the first inning. Settles down a little bit. But these guys, I mean, this is supposed to be the glue of this rotation. And watching them and watching Max, it's like, it's really problematic. I mean, we could really use a guy like Chris Bassett, who's going to be on Gabbing with Gibby today. He was kind of the glue last year. He was stable. We need a guy like Bassett. But uh, what's your your take on, you know, paying guys like $86 million for two starters? That's more than the payroll of some teams, I think. Well, I mean, their owner there, man, he's he's got it. So he can spend all he wants. You know, I don't think I would, but. uh... Yeah. But I would anyway. You, yeah, know, you know, Cohen Cohen did say no to something though, uh, because we had rainouts against the Braves. Uh, you know, three games, and uh, the Wilpons were too cheap to 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 put the hundred million in to get the retractable roof. So now everyone's saying we get we need the retractable roof, and, oh, no. and Cohen Cohen investigates, and it's going to cost eight hundred million. And he said, "Well, I don't think we can uh, do that at this point." So he did say no to something finally, but he. You know, but here you go. You sign these old timers, and you hate to say that they've had historic Hall of Fame careers. But you know, is it time that we kind of look at it realistically as a Mets fan, at least, and say maybe these guys don't have enough in the tank anymore? No, I think it's too early for that, John. You know, uh, but that's a risky take when guys. I mean, it's a young man's game. There's no doubt about it. And these two are going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, had incredible careers and. You know, I, I saw I saw Verlander's game the other day. Eddie gave you know he gave up uh, first home run on a pretty good pitch, curveball, yeah, uh, yes, slider, and, and then he gave up the other one back to back, and then he settled in pretty good. You know, so he he needs time to build up. You know, uh, it's not like he's had a lot of work, right? 
Uh, and he's coming yeah, off. No, the he has, and I and I have high hopes for him still. But Max is kind of like he's getting hammered in the press. He's getting hammered by the fans. Is it because you know sticky stuff? So everyone's speculating about everything. So we need to have Mad Max back as a Met fan. But uh, well, you, you got know, to you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, and, and uh, you can't. You do. Uh, uh, yeah, they're playing. Are they basically about five hundred right now? The record, right? You just got. You know uh, what? They're one game under five hundred now. One game under five hundred okay. uh, at this point. Uh, hey, that's why we got. I, I reminded cards. my nephew yesterday that the nineteen sixty nine New York Mets were eighteen and eighteen, and then you know they started to take off. So there's still hope. But right now in New York, sitting here in New York, it's Panic City. If you're a Met fan. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got well. They got spoiled a little bit last year. Uh, uh, hey, give it, give it time. We're just in the month of May. You remember the, but remember the uh, the fl- flowers that bloom in April wilt in the summer, or the, that is the true. Bloom in the spring wilt in the summer. Don't forget. That's right. It's a, it's a long season. All right, John. Uh, and uh, now it's time for gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. And we want to remind everybody, the countdown to summer is on, and Tim's is ready with your perfect cool-down. From real fruit quenchers to caramel toffee cold brew, that sounds delicious, to vanilla ice lattes to an Oreo double stuff ice cap, Tim's has a cold drink for however you like it. Keep it cold. Visit your nearest Tim's in Canada today or try out your favorite cold drink. Wow. Sounds like a great lineup there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't think they're ready? Actually, I'm going to Houston tomorrow, and uh, Houston has some Tim Hortons. I'm, I'll, I'll be visiting there. San Antonio, we don't have any yet. Maybe we ought to open it, you know, but I'm, I'll, I'll be sure to hit them down there in Houston. We have a great guest today for Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. He is a first-year Toronto Blue Jay, having signed on as a free agent in the offseason. Uh, to join a, a really incredible starting pitching staff. He's already become a solid member of the rotation. And uh, this last week, that seven inning of shutout baseball as a stopper really turned the momentum around. Uh, we are so happy to have on the Gibby show with Gabbing with Gibby, Chris Bassett. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's uh, a pleasure. Hey, did we wake you up, man? You don't get many off days, man. I felt bad asking you to do this. You probably sleep till no. about noon. <laughs> no, I got I got a little three year old daughter, so I, I don't Ooh. I don't I don't know what I don't know what sleeping in really is. <laughs> hey, good for you, man. Hey, well, listen, we want to we want to welcome you. We're uh, you know obviously I spent a lot of time in Toronto, uh, and that's 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 mainly who our show focuses on, and then we talk about other things in baseball. But uh, when when we we saw that they signed you. We, we all knew, you know, it was, that's, that's a great pickup because you, you've always been viewed, and people I had talked to also, you know, you're a stabilizer. You know, every staff needs that guy. You know, you can have, you can have your, your big, yeah, your, your guys with the great arms that are trying to figure it all out, and you can have your guys on the tail end that, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to, you know, just get, you know, good good efforts out of. And you always got, you got that guy in the middle, man, that you can count on. You know, my, my – when I, if I compare you when I was there, you know Marco Estrada. Estrada. Oh yeah, I played with him. That oh okay okay all right. But, yeah, I tell you what, he was he was like our stabilizer, right? You know, he'd go out there. You could always count on things could be going a little bit haywire, 
you know, you're going to get a good outing, you know, and uh, if, if he scored some runs, you were going to win. And, and uh, see, I think that gets overlooked on, on teams, but, but that's, that's who you are. Yeah. I, I just, I, I pride myself. There's a lot of stats. I think people try to like so-called try to like lead the league in. And I really try to pride myself in trying to lead the league in quality starts. That That's, that's like my big thing. Um, just because it's like, all right, give your team a chance to win. Um, and eight innings. I don't want to go five innings. I'm hoping to go seven or eight innings, but um, I want to walk on the mound basically every day. And the manager basically knows, like, all right, the bullpen can kind of get a rest today. Um, that that's the base thing for me is just giving those guys in the bullpen a rest. Oh yeah, you know that's huge. I think you know. I don't think people always understand that. And you know, nowadays when analytics is so uh, heavy in the game, right? You know, the uh, it's almost like. You're almost forced, if you follow that, to take somebody out, regardless of how he's pitching, right? Because of, um, you know, in in I used to be accused of, you know, using my gut too much or something. Gut, and I said, no, no, I use my eyes. You know, I, if a guy if a guy's good out there, you know, let let him roll. You know, that might be his night, whatever. And you know, you're you're the biggest smiles on the faces of the guys out in the bullpen. They're going. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we get, we get a break, you know, so that's who you are, but, but I don't think people understand that all that factors in the, the toll it takes on relievers over the course of a season in starters. If you give them a chance enough, give them, give them that opportunity to go a little bit deeper or, you know, the, the, the score of the game can dictate a lot of things. You, it's, it's, you save the season in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's not, there's not a doubt about it. Um, from a health standpoint of keeping guys healthy in the bullpen to, I, I mean, even like I look at like, like Gosman, Gosman pitched in, in Boston. The first couple of innings didn't go too well, but then he went in like a whole bunch of innings after that. And I, I, people will look at the outing and say, man, that was a really bad outing. Like he's really bad. But like, I, I, I thought the exact opposite. I was like, man, like you really showed me something there. Like, cause like that could have easily been, three innings you were done see you later like just scratch it up to having a bad day but like for him to go out there and i think we went five or six innings um i was like that's why you are potentially a Cy Young candidate right there like for you to for you to like basically like man up and say hey like listen like yeah, I'm not having a good one but i'm still going to eat innings like you may have won us tomorrow by just doing what you did today yes um and so, like, it, it really impressed me. That that was one of the one of the few ones this year already that I was like, man, like, we got something good again. Yeah, that's and you know what people you, people always forget too. You know, you go once every five days, right? And that's a long time in be, in between. And so you you guys want to be out there, unless unless it's it's just one of those days you're getting pounded, something's not off, and, and you can't you can't leave somebody out there to rot, right? Yeah, right. you you're, you're you're good pitchers, and they sign you for a reason. Let them run it a little bit. Let them run it, you know, because it get you end up finding something, and it turns out to be a productive day, like you said. But it saves the bullpen, man. And you know what? With an off a great offense, you guys might come back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that, that's that's the coolest thing about our offense too. Is just like, I mean, don't don't give up massive crooked numbers, and you're going to have a chance to win every single game. Oh yeah. All right, well, tell us, we, we've been talking earlier about the American League East. What do you think of the American League East? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, being with the Mets last year, I think it's the, there's such there's such comparisons to the NL East and the AL East, where it comes down to, 
And when I when I th- when I say that, I'm not talking about like players. I'm, I'm I'm simply talking about like day to day. Like you just you just have a feeling that like all right, this division is going to come down to one or two games. Like so, like yeah, these games in early May, like those are kind of like some of the times there's like they're like traps where it's like all right, you're into the season, you know, it's a long way to go. Like sometimes you'll give away a game early, and it's like guys, we cannot do that. Like. Like we're, I'm telling you, we're going to come down to late September and this is going to be down to one or two games and we're going to be wishing we had one or two games back. Don't let this day be that day. Like go out and take care of business because we know that at the very end of the year, it's, it's, it's going to come down to literally one game. So um, just don't, don't give that up. Yeah, you're 100% yeah, Chris, right. Ahead, yeah, Chris, I mean, uh, you, you know, with the division, which, uh, obviously is incredible i mean the the record for al east teams is off the chart it's incredible and then last year with the national league east uh you you played in highly competitive divisions Uh, and then there are major markets toronto new york uh now that you've had a chance to experience life in toronto and and you had a chance to experience new york last year uh give us uh those comparisons between the market in new york and the market in toronto fan bases, just the general atmosphere of you being in these two major markets over the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's hard to compare the two. Um, just New York fans are way different than, than most fans. Um, New York fans are just so much stuff going on when, when it comes to, to the game. They're so passionate. Like I, I, I genuinely really like New York fans. Like, they truly, truly care. Like you go to breakfast and people are talking about like, not you, but they're, they're talking about, they don't even know you're sitting next to them half the time. And they're talking about the game and stuff like that. Um, so there's good and bad with New York fans because it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And they're vocal, good, good and bad. But the, the Toronto fans to me, I, I haven't really heard much of the bad. It's, it's all been pretty positive. It's all been pretty nice. Um, so yeah, um, Toronto people are a little bit more friendly than New York people. I'll say that. But, yeah, but overall, me- I, overall, my my wife calls me a Yankee and calls me a, <laughs> a guy from up north. And he's I I knew I my personality kind of fit in with being a a little bit of a an a hole a little bit. So we're 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 good with with New York fans. Yeah, Gibby was a part of the team. He was part of the '86 Mets as well, and uh, he's had his 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 time in New York. Uh, for sure. What uh, what made that decision to go to Toronto in the offseason? I know the Mets gave you a qualifying offer. and uh, But, I mean, what was the final decision on your part to say, you know, Toronto's where I want to be? Uh, I mean, there, obviously, there, there's so many factors that go into it. Um, first and foremost, obviously, is family. Um, like, I have, I have a three-year-old daughter, my wife. Um, we have a son that's gonna, it's basically due any day. Um, so, so it was like, all right, like we're going to be, we're going to be going to a place to raise a family. Um, so it it came down to that obviously. So like, it was like, all right, we need some support system. So I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. So my family's kind of close to Toronto. Um, and so, so that was a big thing for me. And I obviously Toronto is a beautiful city. It's safe. It's clean. Um, so, so, I mean, all those aspects when it came to family, Toronto just so easily checked every box. Um, yeah. So that that was that was an easy thing. Um, people always uh, people always like talk about money, and and to me, 
money is like the, the fourth or fifth or sixth thing down the down the list. Um, and then obviously, uh, to me, obviously, the, the second thing for me outside of family was just I, I need to go somewhere that has a chance to win. And I'm not talking like, oh, I have to go to like number one World Series contender. But I'm, I'm talking like, all right, I know for three or four years or however long I'm here, we're going to have a good team. I've been on teams, unfortunately, with Oakland where we were bottom of the barrel. We were one of the worst teams in the big leagues. And I knew how miserable that was and how taxing that was, not just on me, but on families and everything else. And it was like, I don't want to put myself or my family in that situation. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just all those little factors, I guess, that kind of added up. Yeah, I mean, uh, and also last year, you uh, you know, you and Scherzer, I used to love watching you guys in the dugout because you were always talking to each other, the intensity, I mean, the stability you brought to the Mets rotation last year. But always seeing you and Max – always talking baseball in that dugout and the intensity. It was really uh, impressive to me. And, of course, you had a great team in New York last year. But what makes uh, – what makes uh, did Max, first of all, have an influence on you in getting to know him last year and being able to pick his brain and him pick your brain? So what was that dynamic between you and Scherzer last year? Yeah, um, <laughs> so uh... – my really, my really good friend, Lou Trevino, um, he works out with Scherzer in the offseason. And he he called me up basically when I got when I got traded. And he was like, listen, you two are either going to love each other or hate each other because you're the same person. <laughs> so um, I, I was excited to meet Max. Um, and thankfully, we, we loved each other. He's truly one of my, my good friends now. Um, but yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, his competitiveness is exactly like mine. Um his his crap talking abilities is pretty up there too, so um, I love that. So, but but overall, just he brings it every single day, and I was like, man, like I I, I love being around guys that are, are are vocal and love love to just just go at people every day. Like like listen, like I'm not going to be quiet about it. Let's go get them. Um, yeah. That's similar. That's similar to what I I do or what I, like what I like to bring. Um, so yeah, it was a perfect fit. But then obviously stepping back from all that aspect of it and sitting there and kind of just watching him be him and what makes him so great and what he's learned throughout his obviously historical career. Um, it was cool just to see what has made him so good. Is it uh, difficult to see his struggles recently? I mean, uh, you know, he, he had uh, a little bit of injury and then he with the, the controversy on the rosin, too much rosin on the hand and, uh, so uh, watching now as an observer uh, on on Max, um, I know you know you probably don't want to give him any advice or anything, but uh, watching Max this year, I mean, uh, what's your take on Scherzer? So, so yeah, so this is like the this is like the big thing with like uh, with New York. I think it's not. I think Scherzer's a non-issue. I don't think I don't think sure there's a a single problem with Scherzer. It's just. New York media and New York fans are obviously panicking because all of a sudden Max Scherzer has lost it and he's washed all of a sudden. So um, get Max on a normal five-day routine and let him pitch and not interrupt him with all the MLB BS. And yeah. let, let's let's just go see what Max truly is. And I promise you, um, I guarantee you're going to have a Cy Young contender as a pitcher. I like, love hearing that. I, I have one last question for you. And I'm going to turn it back over to Gibby. 
the team that you're with right now, the Toronto Blue Jays, give us your take on 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 that chemistry, that team. How special of a team is this year's Blue Jays? Yeah, uh, um, you, you 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 obviously you you when we talk about why I joined the Blue Jays, we, th- there's obviously a lot of factors that go into go into it, and obviously vetting the team. Um, so I call I called five or six guys um, that I played with. Um, I knew they played with Toronto and I knew they would tell me the truth. Um, one being Chappie, yeah, I mentioned a couple in the past, but, um, and I just said, listen, like shoot, shoot it to me straight. Like, should I come here? Like, and I knew they'd tell me the truth. Um, and, and Chappie sold me on it. And what he told me was, was the truth of, they they have a such a young group that's that's so good so talented and truly want to win um and then i get here um and we added brandon bell we added kiermaier we added all these guys that um i didn't realize how good this group was um until obviously i would say it's hard it's it's hard to judge a team how good they are and how good they can be um until until the season starts because spring training, everyone's, everyone's rah-rah, everyone's happy. Everyone somehow thinks they're world series contenders. Um, but um, when we got swept by Boston, I was, I was just thinking to myself, like, all right, like we're going to find out with these young guys real quick, like how they react. Um, it, it's easy to, it's easy to be free and calm and cool. Um when you're winning, but then when you get punched in the mouth a little bit, um, who's showing up the next day and to see Vladdy and Bo and Manoa and those guys just come in and be like, we're still better than everybody else. Like we're, we're fine. And I was like, man, like, so add, adding, adding their talent, adding their personalities, adding, I mean, how good of people they truly are. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a special group. And I'm, I'm, I'm so, so thankful to be here. Hey, well, you know, who stepped up that night after that get punched in the mouth. Yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's got, Hey, hey the guy on the hill leads away now. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So no, I hear you. And so how's Petey Walker doing, man? Have you hit it off pretty good with old Pete? Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unique though, because like, it, it it's funny because, Every every person's different. Every single person's different. So uh Jeremy Hefner um with the Mets, he he's very he's he's laid back. He's 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 a, a calm presence in the room. And then you and then I walking with Pete, and Pete is the opposite of calm presence. Pete's talking crap to you. Pete, Pete's running his mouth, and I'm like, oh man, like me and you are gonna get along real good. <laughs> so yeah, uh yeah, me and Pete. Man, I love Pete. He's awesome. Yeah, he's one of the best. You know, I go way back when I coached him, and then of course he was a pitching coach when I when I was there in Toronto. And I used to laugh at him. You need to ask him uh, when we, we were first together. You know, I had him as a player, but I didn't know him as a pitching coach. But we sit next to each other during the game, right? And at the, at the beginning of the season, I I'd hear Pete going, "The Pete, man, like, what are you, you all right? Dude? You're hyperventilating." You know, it was early. It was his first year as a big league pitching coach, the main guy, right? And if if things were going bad on the field or, you know, the pitcher was struggling, he'd be over there. I told him, I said, Pete, you got to relax, pal. It's out of your hands now, man. Just go out and just watch him him perform, you know. Oh, gosh. But he's one of the best. You know, he really is. 
Hey, you hey, he told me though, you, you throw eight pitches, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Man, it's just, you are good. No, it's just been like an, an addition, just trying to survive, you know? Yeah. You know, I was watching you pitch a couple of times. You know, it's really, it's an, it's got to be an uncomfortable bat for the hitter. It, it really does. Cause your ball is ducking and darting. You know, both sides of the plate moving all over. And like you said, you got eight, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, usually guys that, uh, you know, throw a lot of pitches are more finesse, but you got power too, you know? And, uh, I mean, is there, I guess there's a game you just kind of, depending what's on, you go, you stay with that or, you know, it, and occasionally that night that everything's on, you know, nobody's, nobody's touching you. Is that kind of the way it works? Yeah, I think, um, just because you have eight pitches doesn't mean you got to throw eight pitches kind of thing. Right. Um, and I think me and Pete, um, I, th- I think Pete has done an unbelievable job of learning, learning me. Um, he's trying to, he's still, he's still in bullpens trying to figure out, like trying to call pitches with me kind of thing. So we're, we're figuring all that out. Um, but uh, um, oh, overall, it, it's just, it's just a matter of, I still want to live and die by my sinker. Um, I, I, I think when I have bad outings, I think I, I threw, threw too many off-speed pitches and was trying to be like too cute and trying to fool guys rather than just go out there and attack them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, me and Pete and obviously the analytical team and stuff like that, we just sit down and we're like, all right, like the, the best, the best pitches out of all of your pitches are these for this hitter. Um, and let's go get it. But I mean, for the most part, at the end of the day, we can always have a game plan going into the game, but at the end of the day, that don't really mean anything. I mean, right. that, gets, that gets thrown out of the window, pitch one, and then it becomes, all right, me and Pete talking, me and the catchers talking and saying, all right, like this pitch is doing really well today. This pitch is not good. So let's let's try to get this one going. I mean, you know the game, but um, it, it, it's just I, I don't ever panic when I have one pitch or two pitches or four pitches not working. For the most part, I – I only need two or three, and then let's just go. Let's just go win a game. Well, hell, yeah. Chris, if four if four of them aren't working, you still got four more, man. That ain't too bad. <laughs> got a good right. repertoire. Uh, <laughs> You're normal, Chris. I want, Chris, I want to touch base uh, with you a little bit. I mean, you know, obviously the pitch com is here this year. You know, that's a new rule, and you pitch with an incredible amount of intensity. Uh, you know, even. You're pacing in the dugout. A couple of starts ago, you know, you were getting squeezed a little bit, and you go in there and you show your emotions. Uh, but that intensity that you have uh, is really part of your dynamic and your makeup. So I, I want to ask you about how you fun, how you funnel that intensity during a start, and uh, and just kind of talk to you about the pitch com a little bit too on on how you adapted to that new rule in baseball. And you were one of the most methodical pitchers that I'd ever seen on the mound yeah um i would say i'm still still adjusting to it um it's 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 still a work in progress i think a lot of people are adjusting to it we're still trying to figure out how to slow the game down we're still trying to figure out um ways to give us a break if we feel sped up um not to make this a a long topic but i i just I, I hope that we amend this this pitch clock a little bit in in the aspect of uh, here here here's the here's the simplest one I, here's here's something I just don't understand we we added the pitch clock to start the game we added the pitch clock the home pitcher that has just warmed up in the bullpen doesn't have the pitch clock on 
he can throw 100 pitches, it seems. And then the away pitcher that has has to sit there for 25 minutes to start the game does have the pitch clock. So we literally have the top of the first that doesn't have the pitch clock, and then all of a sudden the guy that warmed up 25 minutes ago, the bottom of the first comes out there, and he has a pitch clock. So it's like this stupid little things like that. There's just so many little, like, things that, like, fans don't even pay attention to. And I, honestly, I feel like people that put the rules in didn't even pay attention to. No, that exactly. Need, that just need to be fixed. Um, Like, there, there, there's just a lot of things. I, I think we got what we wanted out of the pitch clock. We got the we got the game down. We got all the BS from the pitchers. You can say the BS from me. I don't mind it. It's happening. I don't care. Um, you got the BS from me. You got the BS from the hitters. All out of the game. The game times are way down. Now let's just make it like we're like, all right, you guys, you guys are not going to take advantage of this, but you guys, we're going to give you a little bit of like leeway here on these certain t- like subjects, and that's it. Like so, like I mean. You I mean you mentioned it, but like an, an umpire misses a call. I'm not mad at the umpire. Like I, I, I will never be mad at an umpire for missing a call. They're they're human. That that's fine. I can be mad at the situation, but I won't be mad at you as a person. Like we're all trying our best, but I'm allowed to take five seconds and just be mad. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to go out there, take five seconds, be mad, and then be rushed to throw the next pitch. Like I, I, I just don't understand that. It just doesn't make sense. And and, and the exact opposite for for a hitter, like you call a ball that's way outside or way inside or up, wherever it may be, and he knows he missed it. The batter knows he misses it. And yet, hey, get back in the box, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna call another strike on you. I have to. Like, come on. Like, yeah. There, 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 there's just there's just so many situations where I'm just like. We have overdone what we were trying to do. We were never trying to make this game, I mean, just fly by and just pack as much like just stuff into a game. Like if we're if we're gonna lengthen the game by two minutes, no one cares. Like nobody no. cares. So exactly. So that's the biggest thing. But like to get back to long story short, to get back to like pitchcom, I hate it. Just because just yeah. because I love I love the catcher calling the game. I'm just, I'm, I'm an old school person when it comes to baseball and I love the catcher calling the game. I love the catcher putting in a ton of work um, to f- try to figure out like, all right, our game plans this. Um, and now with the pitch clock, it's, 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 it's almost, I mean, I think it'd be almost impossible for me to have eight pitches and then have the catcher call a game. Yeah. I think Gibby loves hearing that too. Oh yeah. You know what? Chris, it's almost like we're trying to make change for the sake of change. So yeah, you cut twenty minutes off a game. Really, is that a, is that a long time? And you're, I used to, I tell people all the time. Well, if, if it's a, if the, if you don't like the game or it's too slow, or whatever, go home. Right, come back tomorrow. Or, or uh, but you know, plus all these people, they got to spend a fortune to go to the game, take their family once or twice a year. Yeah, they want a long game. You know what? Do we, you know they don't want to get out of there. But it's a. But you remember, you know, too. Also, people. Talk about the great players in the game, right? They what do they they say? They're able to slow the game down. Okay, so sometimes that means it take a little more time. Yeah, everybody loves somebody can work fast. Some guys that makes them go right, but right. not everybody's like that. And, and so there's got to be some flexibility somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's that's a hundred percent right. 
I, well, I just think, they, yeah, go ahead. No, but I was just because you, you you saw the WBC right the the, the uh, last right. bat of the with Otani versus Trout, the greatest like a bat history. They everybody said classic. It was like thirty seconds in between every pitch he threw. Right, nobody had a problem with that. Right, you know. Yeah. And I, 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 I've heard that we might we might just take all the pitch clock and all that away during the playoffs. And I'm like, if you're doing that, then you're basically admitting that this is wrong. So exactly. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I truly think it's, it's. I, I like it. Like all, all the extra, extracurricular crap has, has gone out of it. So I, I like that aspect. But again, I just think. If you if you need to slow the game down, you can slow the game down. Right. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man. You know what? Hey, you're a. Uh, you mentioned earlier we were talking about Toronto. Toronto's gonna love you. Obviously, they do already. Because you know what? You know, you talk about different personalities. If you give them a good, honest effort, you go out there, bust your butt. You know, uh, they love that. Because you kind of, for not knowing, you kind of got the hockey mentality. Just listen to you a little bit, and if you got that, man, they love you. You know, yeah. give them a good effort, Chris, man. They'll love you forever. And they, you know what? They'll cheer you on, man. I promise I'll do that. <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate you taking the time. You know, uh, so your wife's pregnant, huh? Is she any, do any day now? Yeah, she, she, she's ready today, but we'll, we'll see. With she's, she's due at the end of the month, but we'll, we'll see. Well, man, we, we really appreciate you taking the time. To, tell her we apologize. <laughs> no, we're good we're good well listen hey best of luck man you're a real pro you know you're uh you're a key part of that team and, and you're the kind of guy that's going to lead them to the top so uh but thanks thanks for spending some time with us chris thank you i appreciate y'all thank you uh, remember tell tell pd walker to breathe next time you see him say hey just breathe a little bit while i'm out there pitching will you just breathe, breathe. <laughs> will do all right thanks chris all right see y'all see you, man That was, uh, I would have to say, my favorite gabbing with Gibby ever uh, with Chris Bassett, John. That was incredible. Well, he's just a pro, man. You know what? He's, uh, you know, I've talked to a few people about him. He's, you can tell he's got that old school in him, yeah. but he's but he's also very flexible. And, and uh, he's, he's going to be that guy that, uh, you know, we talked about that stabilizes the staff. You know, he's just one of those guys. And you said he had that hockey mentality, and they love that up there in Canada. And I think he's going to be one of the favorites of the fans all season long. Yeah, you know, if, if people, they, you know, it could be you talked about emotions and stuff like that. People love that too. You know, there's nothing wrong. You know, and competing out there and being emotional, and uh, you know, it that shows you care for crying out loud. Right. And you know what really uh, impressed me about him too is like he doesn't sugarcoat anything. You know, he's like going to tell you what he feels. And he did that on this uh, on this gabbing with Gibby. It was really, really good to see somebody just like he opened up and he just spoke his mind and he gave his opinions. And that was it. It was great. It was great. Yeah, what a concept, man. Imagine that. Somebody tell them tell how they feel and being right. <laughs> well, it was, it was very cool to hear it. and uh, But now, I mean, we got to go inspired by our friends over at Miller Lite. It's Ooh. time for another Roast and Toast. So uh, this week, who are you roasting, John? Oh, you know, I've been watching some of these games lately, and, and they hit home runs, you know, and, and uh, they're turning out the lights at the stadium. And I thought, I thought, I thought Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey Circus was 
was didn't they shut that down or something? I said, no, it must have moved on to Major League Baseball. They did. I, I don't like it. I mean, you know, you want to see the emotion. I mean, especially if you're at a home game and a guy's hitting a home run around, and especially if it could be a walk-off and all of a sudden all the lights go out. The guy trips, guy trips, breaks his ankle. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it, uh, we're, uh, we are a little bit old-fashioned. We talked about this, yeah, the home run celebrations in the dugouts and all that, even when your, your record's 15 games below 500, things like that. But, you know, yeah, there's something uh, – you know, I just don't understand. It's, it's almost like we just keep trying. I mean, just try anything to to excite the fans. I don't know. Maybe maybe that excites some fans. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. Uh, uh, hey, what excites me most is if I'm if I'm watching my team play and there's a there's a dinger, there's a home run. That excites me. I don't need bells, whistles, lights going off. I just want to see the guy hit the ball out of the park, circle of bases, get congratulated. That makes me happy. Hey, hey, maybe it's like uh, you know how they had the Buster Posey rule and then the Chase Utley rule and the slides and all. Yeah, maybe this is the Madison Bumgarner rule. So they turn the lights out; they can't see him hammering the guys for showboating around the bases <laughs> after they hit one off of them. So yeah. that's what we'll call it from now on. That's <laughs> the right. Madison Bumgarner lights out rule. Uh, but I'm sure you have a good toast of the week as well. Something really cool happened. So who's who are you toasting this week? Well, how about the uh, the Miller matchup? Uh, yes, yes, that was cool. I mean, it was kind of like a tale of two Millers, really. It was like two guys inspired by Miller Lite. Maybe they took a little uh, cue from the podcast. So it was the top Seattle pitch, pitching prospect, this guy Bryce Miller. He was on the bump against Oakland's Mason Miller. And no shortage of electricity there because these guys, they took – they were like Bryce was perfect till the sixth inning. They took you know they took a no hitter both of them into the into the late innings of the game. Yeah, isn't that cool? The the odds of that happening I mean, are rare anyway. But then uh, they have have the same name and it's our, it's like our favorite name. And on top of that, I guarantee you they both celebrated with a couple Miller lights after that. Game. Absolutely, I will guarantee yeah. if they were smart. It was anyway. Miller time. It was Miller time for it, sure. It tastes like Miller time, baby. It was very cool. Hey, listen, John, I know you are uh, heading out to Houston for the week, and uh, we had a good one today, my friend. It was uh, always great to see you. Uh, this is going to wrap up uh, another edition of the Gibby Show. Uh, don't forget to order a copy of Gibby's new book, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, by Gibby and Greg Oliver. Uh, it is doing very well. And, John, I mean, you're going to be an orator and – the audio book is going to come out around Father's Day, so uh, maybe you could read some passages for us next time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody can understand me, but, yeah, that's I'm heading down there to, to do that audio book, and uh, it should be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, you have a great week, my friend. I'm heading back to Nashville today. I'm looking forward to getting home in God's country. You know, my family's here in New York. I'm born and raised in New York, but, man, when I hit Tennessee, when I hit that – when I get home, uh, I'm loving it, man. I, I just love Tennessee to this day. They're 23 years. We're going to be back next week with another edition of the Gibby Show. Until next week, for John Gibbons, I'm John Arisi. We'll see you next time, and let's go Jays.